There's a monumental shift in power at work. Employees are speaking up, turnover is rising, salaries are increasing, hiring is tough, and burnout is real. It's time to unleash growth. It's time to transform your HR from powerless to powerful. Join ADP on February the 23rd. Reserve your spot now. Go to gettheplan.adp.com to register for the Work Interrupted Summit. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Get Out of Rap. Thanks for listening as always. Um, Today I speak to Stuart Dorman, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at Sabio. Really interesting guy and he's got some really interesting views on the future of contact centres. Hope you enjoy. Joining me today is Stuart Dorman, who is the Chief Innovation Officer for Sabio. Myself and Stuart um, often get together or speak at um, events we're both attending, always been at, or judging and things like that. Um, mm. Got a great insight into our world, always really interesting. So, Stuart, thanks very much for joining me on Get Out of Rap. Thank you, Martin. It's great to be here. As you said, we've been talking about being doing this for a while now, so it's great to finally get around to it. I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. And um, so you, you've been a Sabio a while and you kind of interact and um, you've seen both Sabio, I guess, and the contact centre industry change. Can you yeah. give us like a potted history of your kind of journey and how you have seen it change? Sure. So um, in terms of um, so my current role at Sabio is as Chief Innovation Officer. And really that's focusing on areas like AI and emerging technology and how that's impacting the world of customer service and particularly the world of of contact centers. My journey to get to that point, I guess, started, you know, 20, just over 20 years ago, actually, when I, when I joined Sabio as, as a startup, I was the first pretty, yeah, I was the first um, member of the team to join the directors at the time. And over that sort of potted history of over the last 20 years, I've done many, many different roles, um, starting off with, you know, building out a support centre to service our clients, you know, with contact centres, then moving on to engineering roles across everything from sort of telephony through to speech application development, those types of things. And then sort of moving more into the sales and consultancy side of things, I sort of started our consultancy practice, got quite heavily involved in the operational side of contact centres and just met so many great people, learned so many interesting things about how contact centres run, and then sort of evolved that really into the current role now so it's for me it's always that bringing together of technology people and how you can apply that you know in the world of customer service and that's kind of how I got into the role that I'm in now. And then um, seeing that kind of that that progression and getting into lots and lots of different um, fields has that kind of prepared you for now overlooking the contact centre world and seeing as a result of the pandemic what that means you can kind of get to see how changes might influence lots of other areas within the contact centre, right? Definitely. And I think, you know, as with so many things, you know, the pandemic has just condensed and accelerated change. Um, and that applies to everything, really, but in particular in the contact centre. And I think, you know, over the last, probably over the last decade, I think what we've seen is, is digital technology touching every single part of the way that we go about our daily lives and everything from the way that we travel, the way that we communicate, the way that we learn, the way that we buy things. Um, And 
you know, if you, even if you think back a decade or so, you know, it, it's, it's unbelievable how much things have changed. You know, we often, I always use this Bill Gates quote, we sort of overestimate the change that's gonna happen in two years, but underestimate the change that happens in 10 years. And if you think back to, you know, the early 2010s, really just after the iPhone came about and how much things have changed since then. Uh, since then. And, but most of those changes really haven't really touched the contact center. If you look at most contact centers, you know, up until a few years ago, they pretty much look the same as they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But now the whole technology stack that was supporting digital transformation is now being made available to contact centers, you know, through cloud technology and, you know, democratization of AI and those types of things. So those, those foundations were being laid over the last few years. And then, like I say, they've just been turned up to 11 in the last 12 months or so with, with the, you know, with the pandemic, people working from home, a real focus on how we can use technology more effectively to A, support home workers and, and agents, but B, to manage, you know, incredibly fluctuating demand over that period to be able to get customers' questions answered pretty quickly. So, yeah, so, so the foundations are being laid. We're now just seeing this incredible pace of change and, and, and you know, the pandemic's just, just increased that. And do you think that kind of, the fact that the chain it was necessity driven has just blown apart some maybe traditional straight line thinking around what is possible and how you can still service customers it would have been unthinkable to say everyone is going to be working from home and we're still going to be able to do it it, it would and I, and you know this a lot of people talk about this acceleration say five or ten years and for me, that aspect of the pandemic is a generational shift. You know, I, I don't think we would have ever really had a situation where everyone suddenly shifted to working at home en masse. And I think that's what's, for me, that's what's made it work, you know, because there is no, with, with everyone working at home in the same situation, there's no fear of missing out. There's no thinking I have to go to the office unless because I'm going to miss out on this bit of training or this promotion or something like that. So with a level playing field, that's what's really enabled home working to work. And largely speaking, you know, pretty much everyone I speak to, it's been, it's been successful. That's not to say there aren't things that we still got to iron out and figure out, particularly when it comes to training and coaching and, and you know, new starters coming on board, learning from people that do have a bit more experience. But they're problems that we can solve and that we need to solve. You know, they're, 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 the benefits of home working, I think, far outweigh the the challenges which we can overcome with just a bit more time and a bit more focus and process so if we think about then the new ways of working in a contact center you mentioned earlier around and it's a really good point you think time's funny isn't it because if you think when you said iphones 2010 it feels like they've been around longer yeah um and the amount of change and upgrade and functionality that has happened in that period of time you wouldn't envisage and yet like you say contact centers have been pretty static I guess in their use of what's available so how can we learn from digital if we're in, a, in this contact center world? It's, it's a really good question I think um, what we've seen for the last decade with people that the teams, if you like, the digital teams that build our websites and that create those customer-facing digital experiences, you know, websites, apps, those types of things, they're dealing with a tool set that is incredibly agile and flexible. It's API-driven, you know, they're not constrained 
nearly as much by technology as the call center has been. You know, the call center sort of existed on this incredibly reliable, um, bulletproof technology to support voice. But what comes with that is, is, a, is a lack of flexibility. So, you know, the, the digital mindset is one of fast iterative change. It's, you know, A-B testing, using data to drive decision-making, um, you know, I can trial an experience because trialing that experience is relatively low cost, you know, it just requires me to change a bit of code or, you know, tweak an experience slightly. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. You know, I can learn from that and I can try something different and my, I iterate my way through a problem. Whereas in the contact center, you know, it, it tends to have been focused on quite large projects, waterfall projects, as we call them, that, you know, typically takes six to 12 months to deliver. So you've got a team of people working on trying to solve a problem. They turn up with the, the answer six, 12 months later. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, you, you've wasted all that time. So, so, so the change I think now is, is about that iterative, you know, way of, of solving problems. So is that, that's a mindset thing as much as a kind of embracing technology it's, and maybe, does that mean people can refer back to this period and say, well, we didn't think this was possible, but now we're okay. So why not? Why don't we try this? Is it been quicker to get to that point? It it is. It's, you're absolutely right to say that it's a, a mindset change. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of these kind of forums, and we talk about okay, what what's holding you back? What are the biggest constraints? And people, the two big ones that always come up are internal silos, first of all, and secondly, technology constraints. Now, I think that the technology constraint thing is going away now because of the shift to cloud and the, the API type approach. So then it, then it comes down to the mindset or the organizational structure or the internal silos that exist and changing the way that people work, you know, in contact centers in particular to adopt this agile way of thinking, this disability to A-B test. And, you know, often that comes through breaking down internal silos, so making sure digital teams are aware of what goes on in the contact center. Um, often we see organizations that are successful at doing this, you know, have engineering and or digital literally sat in the heart of the contact center. So they're right near the front line. They're listening to the types of calls that come in, the challenges customers face, and they're able to adapt and build their products or the technology stack based on what they see. And I think that for me is, is, is where, you know, the contact center can learn from the engineering, the digital world to adopt these agile ways of working so say do you mean like they those teams physically were were within the operational teams be interesting to think how have they adapted now that everyone's working from home i guess have they already established their um, cadences and communication routines that just mean that they are kind of considering each other when yeah. it comes to development or changes yeah i I, absolutely. So I think, you know, obviously, yeah, 12 months plus ago, you could physically be there. But, but even if you're physically there, I think that the, the ideas of having daily stand-ups, for example, that involve a cross-functional team of people. So maybe a couple of agents, a couple of supervisors, people that need data, combined with the people that are designing the user interfaces for agents, combined with, you know, maybe someone that's running the chatbot or the voice bots combined with the people that own the website and, and possibly even marketing and having these cross-functional teams working together and aware of what's going on, you know, that can work equally well. And in fact, it has worked really well 
over the last year if you've got that methodology in place. So that whole concept of, like I say, daily stand-ups, um, you know, uh, building a backlog of work that factors in all of those different stakeholders and um, is, you know, leveraging these agile principles, testing and, and dropping changes on a daily or weekly basis as opposed to every six months. You know, those are the kinds of things I think that um, we're seeing really successful organisations that have adopted this really benefiting from. I was just made a, made a note of that. I love that. Cross-functional teams daily, a daily kind of huddle. Yeah. Where they, I guess, does that mean that everyone, because I think you're, you're so right about this internal silo thing, is that everyone is working for the betterment of their company and the customer, mm-hmm. maybe the customer first, um, but perhaps how they're doing it is if even if it's slightly one degree away from the direction of another team mm-hmm. causes all of these issues that we see in delivery. Because I guess mm-hmm. we're all trying to deliver good customer experience in this industry. Mm-hmm. And the extent to which we're successfully doing that or not is, is a question. Where, where do you think we, we stand on, on that? How can we be better or how are we doing? Um, if I'm honest with you, I still think we're in the early stages of, of this way of thinking. We, we still so often see uh, maybe a, you know, a web team looking after digital that will make a change to the website with no real understanding of the downstream impact of that change mm-hmm. on the contact mm-hmm. center. So, you know, they'll, I don't know, maybe make a phone number really prominent. All of a sudden, the, the phone, the call center gets flooded with calls and that may be a good thing or it may be a bad thing depending on whether you're looking to generate demand or deflect demand but having that understanding of that complete end-to-end journey I think is really key and we've you know we've all heard the stories about marketing doing a similar thing you know launching a campaign not telling the call center etc etc so I, I think it really does help to be able to think of it you know in the classic sense think of the entire customer journey customers don't care you know whether someone else owns the website or the call center, they just expect a level of service and they expect to be able to have a really joined up experience when they go on that journey. And and most journeys these days do start with a web visit or a Google search or something like that. So it's it's really just, you know, joining this thinking together, making sure that, you know, you're following the customer journey and that the impact of one team has a, can have a significant impact on the other. But to your point, I think, we're still in the early stages of that joined up thinking. Um, if I'm honest with you, I, I think there could be so much more that we could be doing. Like what, for example, what kind of things would you suggest people are doing out there if they feel like they're not quite joined up? So I think the, the cross-functional teams bit, I think is important. I think the ability um, to measure the impact of the website on the contact center for me is critical as well. And again, we don't see many people doing this. So, as an example, if I'm a customer and I, I do a Google search, I'll go to your website, I try to solve my problem online, but maybe run into difficulties and then need to speak to someone in the call centre. You know, right now, they're two separate data sets that are very, very hard to track. So you know, we've been doing some projects that use things like call tracking technology or callbacks that allow you to join the web session with the call centre. So you can start to see, you know, this page here or this bit of content or, you know, this experience is generating more demand than I think it should. Why is that? You know, what, what, what's causing the customer to feel they have to pick up the phone when they've started down this route? And once you've got that data set, that then allows you to start A-B testing and say, right, well, let's try a different wording on that 
knowledge icon or you know let's try a different experience on the web journey and we can actually start to measure the impact that that has on the call center and through that process you gradually start to iterate drive a better you know upfront experience and like I say, that, that could be to drive more traffic to the website if it's a commercial opportunity, or it could be to deflect them and allow the customer to solve their problem on their own. But that's, that, that's one example, I think, of, yeah. of how joining up data and joining up thinking can have a material impact on improving the customer experience. And do you see the contact centre having this kind of seat at the table when it comes to all of those journeys? Is that more prevalent, less prevalent in the time that you've been in this world? It's, it's definitely becoming more prevalent. And I think what was encouraging um, when the pandemic first kicked off and we saw this migration to home working, there was a real um, raising of awareness, I think, and focus on the contact centre because it, would, it suddenly became the new front line for customer experience you know shops were closed high street you know um banks and all that kind of stuff yeah. were closed so the call center became the, the new front line so all of a sudden it was on you know most board meetings most exec meetings they wanted to know how the call center was performing were we delivering the right levels of service so that, that kind of raised the profile we've always seen this struggle i guess in the industry of the call center being perceived as a cost not necessarily as a value and one of the struggles and you know that that many operations directors and call center managers have had is to try to you know essentially assign a pound note sign to represent the value that the contact center is delivering back to the organization it's always been really hard to do that um but you know so so we're, we're slowly getting to the point i think where um we're starting to see the breakdown in silos um, we're starting to see the, the sort of raising of the profile, if you like, of, of the call centre in the context of digital uh, as, as an overall experience. But I still think there's a, a lot more we can do. And do you see that kind of the role then of the contact centre going forward? I'm, I've always been really interested in a lot. I think originally people thought a lot of what technology providers were doing was to in a way, reduce the contact centre entirely to mm-hmm. just technology. Where And then the more you get exposed to it, and this is where I'd be really interested in your view, for mm. me, it's just about making sure that the human interaction with customers is at the right time to generate better customer loyalty, better value, mm. um, the more complex, the more complex problem solving. And is is there going to be a point you think where it's smaller teams but they they have a greater skill set where where do you think this eventually is is going that kind of longer term view it's a really good question and obviously you know if you jump back a couple of years a lot of the rhetoric around ai in particular was exactly that it was you know the gradual elimination of of jobs and the call center was always one of those areas that was flagged up as as a ripe opportunity I think we're we're many, many years away from that. And actually, again, what we've seen over the last year is is a rising uh, presence of the call centre and actually the call centre taking on more responsibility and more tasks. And and so all the time that you see AI gradually getting better and better, you know, at the same time, the call centre itself is taking on more and more responsibility. So I I, I do think that um, 
as digitization more generally and AI has its role to play in that continues to evolve and, and get better, um, that will take away, as we've always talked about, these kind of lower value transaction mm. tasks. And, and therefore it leaves the much more complex issues to be solved by humans. Um, now for me, I, I, I think that's a good thing. And that's the, the yeah. travel that we're on. Um, for me, there's often a, um, a bit of binary thinking, if you like, around digital versus human or AI versus human. And actually, I think we need to be thinking about the contact center as being one that's completely plugged into the world, to the digital world. So, you know, with more and more of us starting our journey through screens, we're talking through a screen now, obviously, and yeah. we'll continue both in a workspace, but also in a, in a customer experience engagement area. Um, we're going to customers are going to be increasingly starting their journeys by, um, you know, initiating a contact through a website. The contact center just has to be plugged into that. And it has to be aware yeah. of what the customer is doing, you know, have the tools that they're, you know, available to them to be able to engage customers much in the way that we, you know, we might do if we're sharing a presentation or a screen or something like that. So, so digital being part of the human experience, as opposed to instead of the human experience, I think is, is where it's going. And you made, you made one other point, actually, there, which is quite interesting at the start, which is how do you decide the right point at which to engage human experience versus, you know, a, a bot or a digital? Mm. And I think this is this is an area where, again, um, we need to think about using data in particular and machine learning and those types of abilities to be able to look at customer behavior, particularly if they're on a website and work out when's the right time to engage and reach out to them and when's the right time to hold back a little bit and let them continue on their journey and hopefully solve their problem. And I, I always liken it to um, someone going into a shop, for example, and, you know, or a, or a you know, um, a supermarket or a, you know, a department store. A really great shop assistant can look around at any one time and they can see, you know, this person's just on the lunch, they're browsing don't need to in, interact with them. Yeah. This person's walking with a bunch of bags and they're obviously looking for the customer service department. I can nudge them over in this direction. This person here is, they're looking through a rack and they're wanting to buy something, but they're, you know, they look like they need help. So I'm going to spend my time helping that person to, in this case, make a purchase or solve a problem. We have to start thinking of the contact center in the same way and using technology to figure out when the right time to, offer support to a customer is and maybe the right time to hold back. I, I love that. I love that because you're dead right around this kind of, it has too often been binary thinking. And I think there's some, I think there's some emotion in that because people think, oh, it's like the, the Terminator film. It's like people are coming, that technology is coming to take, take the humans out and yeah. rather than embracing it, because I think it, it plays into this weird um, thinking that I see sometimes, and I've been guilty of it myself, where you disassociate yourself from being a customer. So you, you come into work in a customer service world that we're in and then go out and be a, and be a customer and not, not think about how some of the things that you might be complaining about and experience, you then go into work and you kind of, are you yeah. doing something to make sure you don't deliver the same experience that you yeah. just had outside of work? You're the same. Yeah. You're the same person. If anything, you should be doing more because you have it's your profession and you're yeah. skilled in it and, and know a bit more. And I, I really do like this kind of 
it's time to embrace digital. If people are not, they, they really need to. Where would yeah. they start if they maybe they don't feel like they're at that point yet? Um, so a, a good place to start. By, by the way, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And partly that's what attracted me and, and continues to attract me to this industry. It's knowing what's possible and, and, and yet seeing there's so much opportunity to, to, to make a difference and to use technology and plug it into the world of contact centres. And that's what sort of continues to drive me forward. Um, in terms of where to start, um, you know, firstly, as, as I mentioned earlier, just really thinking about how you can join together the teams and start thinking about how you can track the demand that's being created from your digital experiences into the contact centre using dynamic phone numbers and those types of things to really get a feel for what the problem is. And, you know, for many organisations, it can be as much as 60%, 60 even 70% of the demand that hits the call center comes through the website first. So it's a, it's a major source of demand that, that most people just don't really, you know, have a, have a grip on how to measure it. So I think that's the first thing. Secondly, it's thinking about when's appropriate to use AI. And when I talk about AI here, I'm talking about, you know, voice bots and chat bots, because I do think there's a role to play. And I, I do think yeah. that, you know, in the coming couple of years, probably, Pretty much every interaction that flows into a contact centre will be touched by a voice bot or a chat bot or a natural language of some sort, but but not necessarily to um, to get rid of that contact. Simply to um, inquire why the customer's calling and make a better decision about what to do with it. So establishing the customer's identity, establishing their intent, and then making a right decision about which individual, or which team, or maybe which process to route them through to. And you know, we've started doing that by by having a really simple program that just switches it on and just listens in the background. Ask the customer, hey, how can I help you? Why are you calling Sabio today? And the customer can respond in their own words. And gradually we start to build up a model that allows us to map those intents through to an outcome, uh, which in many cases simply is routing. But in some cases we can start mm. to reflect or to automate. And that's the, that's the first step for me in terms of starting to digitally transform the contact center by by leading with natural language and ai you know as, as, as the kind of starting point and that that seems to be working pretty well we've got loads of customers we've been doing that with and it's a it's a really nice approach and it, and it de-risks you know the adoption of these technologies as well which is quite nice and that just must make things more efficient for the contact center anyway in terms of how best to i guess the ramifications are massive because they can train people better they can start to understand their customers better um and ultimately that's what we want right is to is to mm. be able to deliver uh, a better experience for everyone yeah i mean you know most most call centers as you know a lot of call centers have problems with you know quite high numbers of transfers first contact resolutions a big focus for everybody um if you can just understand what that customer is looking to achieve before you commit to routing them through to a person then you know, you've got a much better chance of getting them through to the right person in, in the call centre. And I think depending on which industry you're in as well, you know, we've seen this push for years to create this sort of universal soldier, if you like, this universal agent that can do everything. And largely that's been driven by the complexities of trying to understand who the customer is and why they're calling just to, to route them through. Now, I think this offers an opportunity to then go back to having specialists that understand a certain product really well or a certain process or maybe a better adapter selling versus servicing. And, 
yeah, it, it allows us to go back a little bit more and introduce more specialization within the call centers because we're all wired differently. We're all good at certain things. We're all not so good at other things. And, um, and, and I think this technology allows you know, us to, to play to people's strengths. What's, um, I, I, cause I, your, your title is, I think is, is a great one. Innovation, chief innovation officer. What innovative things are kind of out there that, what's the thing that excites you the most? Oh, good question. So, I, you know, I've been talking about this for years, but I still think there's so much that we can do to link in um, the, the, the digital journey in the call centre. One of the things that I'm quite excited about at the moment, you know, on top of what we're doing with AI, which is obviously a big focus for the industry right now. And I think that technology is nice and mature. It's going to continue to sort of evolve iteratively over the next few years. Capabilities will enhance that. That's quite exciting and interesting. But one thing that I think the pandemic has taught us um, is that we can communicate really well using video, but particularly sharing content with each other. You know, we can easily collaborate. I can share a presentation with you. It allows me to communicate with you more effectively than just when I'm trying to explain something using my voice. Mm. The call centre, however, it's still just using voice as its primary way of communicating. Um, or, or chat or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But the point is conversational experiences um, are kind of difficult. You know, if you're trying to explain to somebody a really complex product or they've got different options or there's a service they're looking to buy into, um, it's really hard to do that just using your voice. So one thing I think that we can learn from the last year is what about if we were to very easily allow call centre agents to be able to start sharing content with people in the way that you can with Teams or Zoom or Google, you know, Meet, those types of things. Um to really turbocharge the way in which they can, you know, deliver a complex message about a service or a product to a customer. And I think we're just at the early stages of starting to figure that out in a way that's really seamless and really connected. And, and I think that's the kind of future really of, of how I see agents being able to communicate more effectively with customers is by supporting, having a screen alongside that supports that communication. So that's the thing I'm, I'm really quite excited about at the moment. That's fascinating because you think you would be touching every individual's preference on how they best receive information because mm-hmm. um, I can't help but think of a, an, experience, an experience that becomes more pressing when you're working from home but it was with my broadband provider and some of the, the journey I mean the journey up to us up to the resolution was horrendous but um, fa- both horrendous and fascinating because that, and again, that's that distinction between I work in this, I work in this world. Here's what, here's the kind of, you, you feel like you have a bit more of a busman's kind of yeah. um, view on it. But when it came down to actually talking, we got to such a level of technicality to resolve the, the issue. Um, an en- engineer in the area was kind of going, let's, let's FaceTime. Well, let's what's let's video call on WhatsApp so you can, I I, I can see your kit, I can see things yeah. a bit better and explain it to you, and I, that would just open up a whole new area, wouldn't it, for agents, for um, everyone involved in the contact centre and and customers? Because I think we've kind of pushed past that um, reticence to to do that. Because I can remember when it was very first talked about kind of video calls, and you would have. Mm-hmm people talking about how we're going to do it 
how yeah. would we even get someone in front of a camera? Would they want to do it? Who do we choose? Um, now I think those, all of those things are kind of moot, or they should yeah. be. No, I agree. And, and I think, you know, we should think about video, not necessarily even as just, I'm going to see the call centre agent at home, because, that, you know, there are good privacy issues and so on to yeah. associate with that. It might be appropriate in some situations, but not all situations. Yeah. But sharing content is different. You know, if I, if I can say, hey, Martin, just click on this link here, put in code one, two, three, four, yeah. bang, we're sharing a, a session together and you can send me photographs, you can, you can share a video with me, um, I can push content back to you. You know, they say a picture paints a thousand words and it's and it's so true. And I, I always use this example of where you've got, you know, an Alexa bot at home and you ask it the weather and it takes you about 20, 30 seconds to tell you the weather by voice. But if you do it with a Siri and it, you've got a screen there, yeah. you just say, what's the weather? And it, and it just says, here's the weather. And within a split second, you've got all of that information being presented to you. The same principle applies when we're communicating as humans we're just tying the hands of the agents behind their backs at the moment, really, by allowing them just to communicate by voice. And I think now's the time to really accelerate the use of these other tools. I think it's going to be really exciting. Definitely. You think about it as well. Most people, like um, the girls at home, if there's if there's a, something broken or a problem or they want to find something, their first port of call is YouTube. Yeah. You know, because someone true. somewhere has had the same problem, fixed it, and then decides to video themselves fixing it. Yeah. I agree. It's incredibly powerful. Or, or, you know, as you say, we have all these tools at our disposal when we communicate, whether we share videos, we send a YouTube link, we, you know, share a picture or something like that. We can't really do that effectively in the contact centre right now. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a great opportunity. And, and the technology is there again. It's yeah. one of the things that we've seen last year with the use of Zoom and Teams is that these platforms have been around for years. It just takes something to drive you towards using them. The same thing applies to this challenge in the contact centre. You know, the, the fundamental technologies to enable this are there. It just needs a bit of emphasis to try and, you know, get people to use it. And, and where we have had customers that have been experimenting, they've found it really, really successful. And are they are they experimenting in the way that you mentioned earlier? So maybe it's just a bit, it, it's, I don't want to say quicker because that just seems too, not a, not a nuanced enough um point but is it just that they people are testing quicker that they're thinking about their speed of wanting to test and trial and move and fail and as opposed to these kind of great big projects like you mentioned at the start they're definitely starting to but again we, we see much more willingness to test and fail in if you've got a digital background you know less mm-hmm. so in the contact center i think because you know that we've been trained really to think of technology as being um these big monolithic projects that take you know long a long time to execute and um, the whole idea about i'm going to trial that and i'm going to run it for a few weeks and if it works great if it doesn't work fine you know i'm not going to lose my job i'm going to try something else or i'm going to learn from the data and and try something different i think that's that's the you know that that's we need to have more we need to see more of that in the contact center this has been fascinating we've got lots of other topics that we're going to pencil in for um future episodes i just wanted to end with um there's people list i know that from the contact i get people listen and they're maybe they they're starting in operations but they've a view to wanting to go to other other areas including including yours what what bit of advice would you give people um that want to kind of follow the same path as you 
Good question. Well, um, I think, you know, for me, I've, I've always been a technologist at heart. I've always really stayed close to it and been fascinated by it. So I, I always, I'm always reading up on, you know, what's going on in, in the, across the, across the customer service industry, but specifically, you know, in the world of AI and, and machine learning and those types of things. Um, I think so, so keep, keep reading, you know, keep, um, try and stay close to the digital teams that work in your organization and just learn as much about the web journey as you can and, and, and understand the impact that that has positive and negative on, on demand that comes into the call center. Um, make sure you're able to measure things effectively as well. You know, look, look at what, how you can use data and, and track what goes on across the whole journey. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm happy to contact, you know, if anyone wants to contact me, I'm happy to have a chat with them if they've got any specific things they want to talk through. That's great. Stu, thanks very much for joining me. And we'll definitely, we've got lots of other things to talk about. Um, so I'll, I'll speak to you again, but thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look forward to the next conversation.